Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, welcome back, all of you gorgeous people, to Spicier Than Therapy, the podcast where we talk about polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, kink, BDSM, neurodiversity, communication... And all of the wonderful things that we think go into a healthy, loving relationship. We are in a mood today. Twin, I think this is going to be a, a fucking rodeo of an episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a wild one today. We are both feisty as fuck, which is perfect. And it'll be the second part of our two-part episode covering switches so the brat energy the chaotic neutral crackhead energy that is us is on and flying and it's gonna be interesting so buckle up kids yeah i have a feeling that we'll like only loosely talk about switches in the bdsm world and then we'll just spend the rest of the episode riffing on each other or just squirreling off into like a million different paths exactly now in the first part of this episode last week's episode we talked about switches in the bdsm world the mentality all of that thing uh everything that basically goes in to making up that switch mindset and how they kind of present themselves within the kink world. Now, the cool thing about this is we get the personal perspective from Twin herself, who is absolutely a switch in her own right. And we got tons of questions on Discord. We got tons of questions on Lay Tiki Talkie. So let's just jump right back into it. I mean, we covered a lot on Switches itself, but the question we're going to jump off with is from Zandria in our Discord, who wants to hear more about how a new submissive can become more confident in the lifestyle as they're exploring that Dom energy. So this is someone who came from a sub mentality and has only ever been a sub, but is starting to feel some of those Dom tendencies. How would you do that, Twin? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure because like, you know, shocking to everyone, I'm sure I've never really been a submissive person, uh, just personality wise. I think probably the best way that I can think to encourage someone to explore their more dominant side if they are coming from a more submissive background is to just ensure that they have an understanding partner playmate etc who is willing to work with them while they explore those tendencies um preferably if they can find a mentor who's a dom to sort of work some of those things out figure out what they like what they don't like what they want to do what they don't want to do um, I feel like in that instance, especially having a mentor would be absolutely pivotal, if only for safety reasons. Um, again, as always, like we always harp on y'all, um, if you've been around for any amount of time, you know this. The other important thing to figure out is why? 
why are you wanting to get more into your dominant side? Is there something going on outside of the kink spectrum that is making you feel the need psychologically to have more control over something, right? Because if you are just getting into it because, you know what, I want to try something new. Let's get spicy. Yeah, fuck it. Sure. But if something is going on that is making you subconsciously feel like you need control of something and that's why you're wanting to be more dominant, especially if it's like a more sudden change, I would definitely look at the motivations there because they could potentially lead you down an unhealthy or even dangerous road. Like, and we're always talking about safety on all of these episodes, whether or not we're talking about BDSM or kink, right? Talking about communication, we're talking about safety, we're talking about vetting, all of these super, super important points. The second part of her question, Twain, is how does she become more confident in her dom energy if she doesn't already have a dom or a D-type in her life? So this one's a little bit harder for me. And I think because this is this is also where I'm going to, you know, kind of tiptoe dangerously tiptoe into a little bit of my own personal spirituality. Right. This is where I personally feel like you would need to because um, I believe Zandria is a fab. Right. Um, I believe their pronouns are she and her. So I'm going to use she her. But um, this goes for everybody, whether a fab, a map, whichever. Um, this, I feel like is one of those times, one of those transitionary periods in your life. Um, if you're exploring these things and you don't really have a whole lot else going for you as far as mentors or other doms in your purse, in your circle, um, which I guarantee you do, you just need to make sure that they're healthy doms. This is where I would challenge you to, again, do that inner work. Why are you wanting to get more dominant? Why are you wanting to explore it? Figure out what it means to you to be a dominant person. What does that look like for you? How do you imagine yourself looking? What and why do you want to put off this certain persona, right? Because then you can get to what is that confident? Like, because typically, typically what we see from people when they're making these kinds of shifts is that they're coming from a place of, I want to be as confident. I want to be, they're not, they're not actually saying they want to be dominant. They want to feel confident. And that is an entirely different matter. And so it's very important that you distinguish between the two and that you understand what you're actually asking for help with. Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. Like there is a big difference between being confident in yourself and who you are as a person and being confident within the BDSM community and lifestyle that just comes from experience and practice and guidance and education. Whereas self-confidence obviously is going to come from a different place now on anybody's journey, whether, you know, spiritual, professional, personal, or within the kink world, you need to sit down and know yourself first before you start doing anything else and develop that confidence within yourself, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you're skillful at, and then kind of move from there into that second phase. So many people try to jump into the lifestyle and treat it like a persona, kind of like what Twin said, which is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, that's kind of backing into it, right? You have to discover who you are first before who you before you can discover who you are within the lifestyle. Well, and there's something to be said for having that persona, right? Like I do, 
you know, um, again, talking to my therapist, right? Like I realized that myself, my, my, my real self is a separate personality, if you will, from twin, which is a separate personality from Ember, right? Like the stages on the dial, like we talked about last week, right? That said, they're all me. They're just different facets of me. <clears throat> and so it's important to understand that and make sure that those are cohesive personalities within yourself and they're actually part of who you are and who you want to be. And again, like I was saying before, this kind of goes to like my my spirituality, right? One of the things that I very much encourage people to do regardless of whether or not they're trying to be more dominant, more submissive, whatever, is to connect with their inner, whether you want to call it God, goddess, whichever, energy, whatever, however you want to refer to it, right? Like I personally work a lot with, you know, the feminine, the divine feminine energy, if you will. I work a lot with a lot of like the ancient, like a lot of ancient Greece, a lot of Druid, a lot of Aztec, um, and indigenous Mexican, as much as I understand them, um, gods, goddesses, mythos, right? Like, and that helps me have something to imagine, right? Like a, a picture because ADHD brain needs something to look at, right? It helps me put a face to a name sort of in that like, okay, I want to, I'll, I'll use Greek here because that's what most people think of and, and who they can easily understand and recall, right? I want to be braver. I want to be more feminine. So I'm going to pray more to Diana or to Aphrodite. Okay, do that. Artemis, excuse me. Pray more to Artemis and Aphrodite. Okay, awesome. Do that. I want to be more chaotic. I want to harness my villain era. So I'm going to pray to the Morrigan. Not quite what I would go with, but, you know, do it. Or I'm going to pray to Hecate because, you know, like whatever you need to do to help focus you on reaching your goal, if that helps, do that. Channel, do that inner like goddess work or God work, you know, if you're more inclined to them, the male aspects or if you're not inclined to any of them, whatever it works for you to help connect to the energy you need to feel more dominant, submissive, ultimately confident. I hope that made sense. It did. And we, speaking of spirituality, we have left Mabon behind and we are firmly entrenched in Samhain season. So it is spooky season here in the newest of orleans which is literally like the best time of year to be in this city oh absolutely i mean there's so many events going on i've already been booked for several private events um by the time y'all are hearing this i'll have already like it's still halfway into october or the early start of october so it's going to be very exciting couple of weeks for us that's part of why we had to take some time off so that we could record and get you guys going for November, December. Um, but yeah, y'all, this is going to be a bananas year for us because it's New Orleans. It's October. It's time to shine, baby. So leading into the next question, someone asks, 
as a switch, how do you change your frame of mind to go into that submissive state of mind if you've been dealing with household and family things all day? Like if you've had to take care of your kiddos and do the parent thing or do the business thing, how do you change that mindset to go in a more submissive direction? So this touches on something that we're going to be covering a lot more in season three. Spoiler alert. This goes into something that a friend of mine lovingly dubbed before care. And I actually really like that phrase, right? Because this goes into how do I get into the right headspace, right? Like that's essentially the question. How do I get into the headspace for spicy time? Whether you're dominant, submissive, what have you, it doesn't matter. And that is going to vary so wildly from person to person. I don't, I can't responsibly give one carte blanche blanket answer, right? But what I have found helps me is, and probably, okay, I will say this. The only thing that I can full stop, no questions asked, you know, there's really no extra room for wig. There's no wiggle room for interpretation. You absolutely need, if you have one, if you have a partner, that partner absolutely needs to be able and willing to give you the space, time, and tools we'll say, to get into the right headspace, full stop. And that's about, that's about the only thing that I can say, right? Now, what that means per partner, couple, relationship will vary. Whether your partner, whether you need your partner because you've been running around, they've been at work, you've been running around watching the kids and you know, you've been doing laundry and cleaning the house and chasing after toddlers. And you know what? You just need a glass of wine and a bubble bath before you can even think about doing anything. Right? Like that's kind of like a lot of stay at home moms. Like that's kind of like the dream night, right? Okay. Ask your partner to do that for you. Should they be asked every time? Should they have to be asked every time? No. Absolutely. There comes a point where you as the partner need to take initiative, but you as the person who needs that before care should also be willing and able to communicate your needs. And how dare you call out my nighttime routine of glass <laughs> of wine and bubble bath. You're not supposed to be out me in front of everybody who listens to it. So yeah, you, you need to have a partner who is willing to support you and able to support you and jump in the bubble bath with you and jump in the bubble bath with you yep i like that answer only because it ends in like soapy bubble naked fun all right moving on to the next question um advent from the discord wants to know how do you recognize when you're entering subspace like and and i know we've defined subspace a bit do we? and like all of those are really good ways to get into that 
mindset and that headspace for twin for me if you know anything about me i listen to a metric fuck ton of music and i have 4322 playlists uh on my spotify right now so whenever i'm you know not in that particular dominant headspace which isn't often anyways but if i need more assistance getting into that headspace I'll use music. I'll use, you know, quiet time where I'm not hanging out with anybody else. And I'm just kind of there in that moment, vibing to this specific playlist or that specific playlist, getting me amped up and ready for whatever it is. And we'll talk a lot more about before care next season. But yeah, those are some of the, the methods that I use to get into that right headspace. Yeah. Music is a really powerful one for both of us. Um, I know like when I was four, when I would go to work more regularly, I had a specific playlist, you know, with like Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion and, you know, Normani and all these other artists that just had like really beautiful, sexy, fuck you, I'm the boss kind of that music. And that helped me get into Ember's headspace, right? So, you know, I, we're speaking very generally because each person needs that time and space to get into the right headspace for whatever again spicy or not kinky or not you need time to get into that and so it's really important that you find the right ritual if you will and if that's what helps you think of it do it that way like okay this is this is my ritual this is how i prep you know, kind of like those magazines that are like, here's how you can sleep better. And they tell you to shut off the lights and put on some calm music and put some essential oils down. That's all part of a ritual. Do it. Make it a ritual. And that'll help cement it in your mind and body and start, more importantly, forming those neural pathways. So that way, your brain and body, when you start going through the motions of that scene, will already start sort of doing some of the physical work for you in the sense of like, if you get used to, if you kind of like Pavlov, right? If your brain and body get used to the idea that you put on this music and you put on this, uh, these, these certain color of lights and you use this certain essential oil, right? And your body knows that when those things happen, this extra thing happens, right? Like say, you know, you, you put on a certain oil and that's when you get spanky time. Cool. Great. Your body is going to start to think of that smell as the spanky time spell smell, excuse me. And so it could be a spell. Yeah. So when your brain starts thinking that it's just, you have to train yourself. Like I said, just like Pavlov, you have to train yourself. And it's just about making it a ritual, making it part of the thing. And that is more than anything going to help get you into the headspace. Now you have to build that into your routine and build that, make that time, make that time, please. I am, I'm not even going to say, please, I'm telling you make the time that's actually a really good name for our show that we want to put on next year the ritual i like that mm -hmm. like twin and i have been loosely talking and planning about putting on and producing our own bdsm show like an educational demonstration with a show next year in new orleans i feel like we should call it the ritual i think that would work okay but heading back in to the subject at hand 
We have another question coming from Advent on the Discord board. What is subspace? Which we already kind of defined in a previous episode, but more importantly, how do you personally recognize when you enter subspace twin? So this is kind of a weird question for me because like when I'm home, I'm pretty submissive. So like, because I'm home with you and I'm safe, right? For me, and I talked about this a little bit last week, right? Like for me, it's it's that radio dial, right? Not, not, the, not the left and right, not up and down. For me, it's a dial, like a circle. It's just how I always think of it. And it's hard sometimes to recognize that I'm more submissive that day or dominant. There have definitely been days where I, ooh, I'm squirrel. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know. My brain just like derailed there hard. I know, you know, you're kind of leading in and talking about, you know, being in a sub space or a sub mindset when you're at home with me because we have that type of relationship which is awesome because we are very supportive and we do have a very clearly established ds dynamic but like i'll take it one step further to help get you back on the track so whenever we're having seen spicy times at home and you've entered some of that you know almost liminal subspace like did you recognize that you were in it or did you have to be reminded that you were in that space or did you not even recognize until afterwards? So for me, a lot of the times it's, I don't realize until afterward for me, subspace is like a runner's high, right? It's that huge, massive influx of endorphins and like happy chemicals in your brain. Right? So I don't usually notice that I've hit, subspace i have in the past where i've just been like like i've made a joke about being dick drunk before <laughs> when i would definitely was but nine times out of ten i don't feel like i recognize it speaking of subspace and dick drunk story time so we spent christmas this past year at the beach she twin is laughing in the background because she knows where i'm going with this don't worry i won't get too explicit we spent last christmas at the beach right my family lives in the panhandle of florida and we're like hey let's go get a condo right on the beach we'll go spend some time with the family and we'll hang out in the beautiful weather and go swimming every day and that's fucking exactly what we did and it was glorious and it was lovely well we were running a particular scene, just the two of us, and we had talked about it before because we wanted to, you know, have some fun pictures and video for, you know, Lonely Yams or some other website like that. I know I can say OnlyFans here, but it's fun saying Lonely Yams. Um, so, you know, we had already pre-negotiated what we were going to do and what we were going to film. And so we started off with our session and, you know, we got all of the pictures and the video that we wanted. And then we just got down and dirty and did the rest of the scene for each other, right? Because we're whole ass in love and we like each other. Well, there was a certain part of this spicy session where I was like, you know what? This would make some amazing content. So pulled back out the phone and started to record. And, um, you know, we went and did our thing and, and had a great time. And we both arrived. And <laughs> then afterwards, 
um, I was showing twin the videos and the pictures that we took. And she's like, I don't even remember this specific part of the scene or of the session. I didn't realize you had gotten the phone back out to film that. So uh, I would say that was probably a good example of you being in, in, in subspace in that moment. Yeah, I would, uh, I would concur with that. Yeah. I was fucking clueless. I was just living my life and enjoying the moment and very much, uh, enjoying it at that. And yeah, I had no clue. I vaguely remember being like, aware that your hand was right there in the corner of my eye oh, but that was it yeah and that's that's and that is one of the more intense like periods of subspace that i've been in probably the most intense that i can think of where i've just been like out of my head <laughs> contrary to public what we what we kind of show Tyr and I don't actually do a whole lot of like we're we're definitely kinky, but we're not actually we don't we don't do a lot of high impact stuff between us normally. So like we don't really get into a lot of like I don't really hit a lot of subspace so much as I just get dick drunk pretty regularly. I mean, to be fair, impact is actually not one of your more favorite forms of kink play um and so while we are very kinky and we live that in most of our lives impact isn't one of your faves no i like a good thwacking every once in a while but my kink tends to be more mental than physical <laughs> i love the smile i'm getting right now yeah my my kink tends to definitely run more mental than physical so we don't we don't do a lot of the hardcore impact play i much prefer well i won't get into that but yeah <laughs> this almost turned into a different type of episode so all that to say sometimes it's interesting when you when someone enters subspace and they're not aware of it and so that's why you know part of the aftercare for mm -hmm. us is we talk about it you know how how do you feel um you know how was it are there things you enjoyed there are things you didn't enjoy so that we can build a better scene or build a better experience as we go forward and we do that a lot actually we check in with each other a lot both before spicy times during and after spicy times so i highly recommend everybody out there with any partner you have you keep checking in with them like all the fucking time yeah i was gonna say like we chicken with each other even for non-spicy stuff like pretty regularly so i'm a i'm a big fan of that constant communication well and i and i think for me just from my perspective it's very easy for me to identify when i've entered that hard dom space for myself right because most of my kind of dom mentality and, and twin can either you know agree or disagree it's just kind of inherent to who i am you know it's kind of how i live my life and how i like to direct things however it takes on a particular flavor when i'm in hard dom mode and the focus kind of lasers in kind of shifts a bit so for me i always know that i'm there if i haven't gotten myself to that mentality with music or my little my little pre-ritual 
I always notice that I am hyper-focused on a thing or a person or an aspect of whatever it is we're doing. So for me, that's a little bit more easily recognized. And I don't know if that's just because of who we are as people or if there's an inherent difference between doms and subs when they get to that mindset. Or maybe it's because you're OCD and extremely detail-oriented. Also true and surprisingly this leads right into our next question, which you didn't even know was coming. Wait. Wait, I just had a fucking realization. You're OCD. You have a touch of the OCD. And so you hyper-focus and hyper-fixate more specifically, right? When you reach dom space. Whereas me, when I'm in subspace or like just dick trunk, my brain is just like gone because it's just like focusing on everything at once like when i'm in subspace i am in like i'm gone because i'm just like all i can do like i am one giant bundle of nerves and that's all i can focus on is like all of the sensations at once right like and i say that like that's all i can focus on like that's that that is it like i i am i'm focusing on everything at once so i'm not focused on everything like that oh wow See, that's a great realization now that you say that, because if we're talking about that specific scene in December when we were at the beach, yeah, you, your your mind was like frazzled. You were very, very highly open to suggestion. I remember having to coach you through some of the position changes and things like that. So that actually makes a lot of sense. And it is another key point. We talk about this in goddamn every episode, but it's worth saying here again. It's why it's so important that you have a high level of trust and communication with potential partners, whether or not you're in a 24-7 dynamic with them, because when subs hit that subspace, those minds can fragment. And so they are very easily and open to suggestion, easily led. Also, I just want to throw in one final note here before we continue on. Just because you didn't hit subspace or DOM headspace, does not mean that you did something wrong. It just means that for that scene, you didn't reach that little point. And it should never be looked at as a goal, right? Because then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure because Dom space, we, we'll call it subspace. Those are both a headspace that you really have to kind of push to reach kind of like meditation right <clears throat> i would almost go so far as to say they are a type of meditation right it takes practice to reach those it takes a lot of trust and anything anything could keep you from reaching that moment so do not feel bad if you didn't reach that space or if you couldn't get your partner to reach that space, there could be a million and one reasons why. And it doesn't make you any less of a person because you couldn't get there or you couldn't get your partner there. Okay. Okay. That's an exquisite point. This is not a competition. You are not in competition with anyone else. We are all exquisitely unique and complex individuals. So the way in which it presents for you is going to be markedly different than the way it presents for somebody else. So yeah, awesome, awesome points there, Twin. So like I said, you unintentionally led us into our next question and you didn't even know it was coming. This one 
comes from Mrs. Kenobi on the Discord. Shout out, Kenobi. Uh, one of our favorite admin people that helps us uh, to, <laughs> from our Discord imploding. Um, they wanted to know, is there or do you notice a link between your neurodivergency and your switch functionality or your your switch mindset is there a sort of connection there for you between neurodiversity and switch mindset well a second ago i would have said maybe but probably not and now here i am like oh yeah definitely <laughs> i think part of it comes down to you know a realization that you and i had the other day about masking and what that looks like for everybody who is neurodivergent and how that manifests in individual people I think that for me, being the submissive, demi-gray sexual that I am, I don't like being that, like I'm not that person when I'm with a new partner or when I feel like I need to pretend I'm normal. When I'm with someone I trust, like Tear, yeah, I'm fucking weird. <laughs> He gets to see all of my weird sounds and strange thought patterns and moments where I just can't people. And so he also sees when I go into little mode because brain can't brain. Or he sees when... I'm feeling feisty because I went outside and ran errands by myself. So my endorphins are up because I was out in the sunshine. You know, he sees when I'm struggling mentally a little bit. And so I need to be more dominant just to kind of get some of that aggression out that I've been not really allowing to manifest. You know, it's it's these different facets of who I am and why I switch and what helps me switch. And that's why I'm grateful to have a partner like Tear, who is patient and loving and understanding and genuinely enjoys my bullshit. <laughs> I do genuinely enjoy it. Since we're entering the Yule season soon, I see her when she's sleeping. I know when she's awake. I know when she's been bad and good. And I like it when she's bad, for goodness sake. So there's my singing for the day. <laughs> that started off much creepier than you intended it to. Dear, making shit creepy since 1983. You're welcome. So that actually brings us to our final question of the day. And then we get to the big announcement. But this is a general question that came from like multiple people all across TikTok, all across Discord. And I think even one on LaGram. So shout out to the Instagram. But do you, as a switch, find that you switch more one way or the other with a specific gender oh so this is again one of those things that's very 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 individualized right because gender is a spectrum and a social construct and doesn't actually exist and people are people and your bits do not determine what you feel you are okay yeah. <laughs> so just so everybody knows where I stand on that one in case you, you know, hadn't already fucking guessed. So do I find myself switching more with one gender than the other? 
Honestly, yes and no. So, okay, so this is this is again where scene and environment comes into play, especially for my specific kind. When it comes to me being more like the dom, right? Like, especially when I'm Ember at the club, that bitch will step on men and kick them in the balls and, you know, degrade them and humiliate them for fun and enjoyment and will make sure that you pay her afterward, right? Like, I, I genuinely enjoy degrading men as a dom. Like, it's it's fun for me now. <laughs> oh, it is so fun. I don't do that with women when I'm working. I, I won't. I, like, if they specifically are like, yes, I want you to, then sure, obviously. I do not go nearly as hard on women at the club as I do on men. And actually, more often than not, when I do have women come into the club, I tend to revert to twin, if you will. And I'm still head bitch in charge, but I'm soft, I'm squishy, I'm approachable because I want to be a safe person for those women to come to and to feel comfortable with. So yes, I want to be the head bitch in charge and have that confidence and exude that confidence because this is my workplace and I take no shit. But I also want them to feel safe and comfortable with me. I want them to ask whatever questions they want to ask. I want to uplift them. I want to support them. Um, if they are agender or non-binary, I'm even more so like I tend to go actually into mom mode. Like I am like the consummate, like free mom hugs at the pride parade. Like I turn into that woman when I see um, anyone of the rainbow brigade, like clearly. And we've had a few come in. Um, like I, I distinctly remember we had a couple come in, <clears throat> two non-binary non non -binary people. And I clocked them right away. I, I had guessed, but I wasn't sure until I came over there. Um, they were autistic as well. And because I could just tell from their body language and stuff. And so I just sat down. And I was like, hi, baby. Are you okay? How's everything going? Like I was, you know, sweet as sugar to them because I want to be comforting. I want to be nurturing because they were uncomfortable and I wanted to to fix that. And like, I want to protect my little babies, you know, like, <laughs> and so yes and no, like all of that, all of that is a long way to say no, it's not really based on gender, but it also is like, I'm going to treat a cishet male more aggressively than I would treat somebody who is clearly of the Rainbow Brigade or potentially is on the neurodivergent spectrum, you know, because I want to be a safer, kinder place for those people than I do for a man, because fuck all men. Hope that made sense. Yeah, and would you say that that also holds true for you both romantically and sexually and like outside of the club? Because you're pansexual and demisexual. So is it the same in that respect? Probably. Um, I, like, you know, like most bi women, uh, most bi millennials especially, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with women because, you know, growing up to be socially conditioned to appreciate or to only be romantic with men has its downfalls. And one of them is the fact that I don't know how to interact with women. So I get around a pretty girl and I'm like, hi, hello, how are you? And I turn into fucking Fester from the Adams family, right? So... <laughs> 
I will say that again, like it, it doesn't really, it's not as I'm sitting here thinking about it and thinking about all my interactions with people of all different genders, I would definitely say like, I, I think I can definitively say that personally, it would not matter on the gender so much as the person and their personality and what they like and the vibe that's that I'm working with. Like if they have a more dominant vibe, I will definitely push that because I'm a fucking brat. But it wouldn't be because of what's in their pants. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes total sense. And thank you for clarifying that, uh, Twin. We appreciate it. That brings us through all of the things that we wanted to cover. Ooh, titties. Uh, in today's podcast episode, Twin's over there uh, getting achy uh, for spicy time later. But first. If you want to find me or Tear and you want to reach out to us, of course, I am Twin Peaks on all of the social medias. He is Tear Doesn't TikTok on TikTok and Tear Doesn't IG on Instagram. And his is very complicated, but it's pretty much just Tear Doesn't whatever on whichever social media. There you go. Or if you have any questions, you could email us at spicier than therapy at gmail.com. That is open. I can't wait to receive emails from you guys. Please email me so I can justify doing this because Tyr thinks it was a dumb idea. So with all of that said, my darlings, my babies, my loves, be good to yourself. Be good to others. Give yourself grace, love, and patience. And above all else, thank you for making both of our seasons of Spicier Than Therapy amazing. We have big love for everybody that listens. Now go out and do some dope shit. Bye. Bye.